handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Cody and Derek here with you again. It has been a few days, but uh, glad to be back together here. And guys, the Colts, after the NFL draft, signed right now five undrafted free agents. We've been kind of waiting to see, and with all the craziness around my birthday and Mother's Day, haven't really been able to record a video in the last couple days, but here we are giving our thoughts on these five guys, what we think potentially they can contribute to the roster here. Maybe maybe a practice squad guy. Maybe we think they'll make a push for the final 53-man roster. Maybe we think they might have a chance to compete and start. We'll, we'll kind of look and, and talk about each guy here. So, Derek, the first guy we're going to look at is a wide receiver from Texas, Tariq Black, six foot three, 215 pounds, so certainly a bigger-bodied wide receiver. What are your thoughts on a guy like Tariq Black? Yeah, when I see Tariq Black, I see a lot of the big play potential is a lot of what I see here. Really, you know, spent his first three years with Michigan. So I, I'm very familiar mm -hmm. with this guy, watching Ohio State play him a couple times. Recorded a 4-5-3 40-yard dash and a 40-inch vertical at his pro day. So, you know, pretty good uh, otherwise. You know, not over-the-top great speed, but it's still good, especially for a guy that's 6'3", 215 pounds. That's good speed. And a 40-inch vertical, it's really good. The biggest issue with Tariq Black is due to the amount of injuries that he sustained over his career. First season at Michigan and first two years at Michigan, missed 17 games. Wow. So he practically okay. missed 75% of each season when you break it all down you know had broken his left foot his first year and then fractured his right foot the next year so i mean in in the first season it happened a couple games later than in the second season second season he he did it in like either game one or game two he only mm -hmm. had four catches and then bam done had a couple games in his freshman year and then had that happen but I mean, after after that, you know, he did pretty well. I mean, the stats don't – there's not an overabundance of stats when it comes to this guy. But 25 catches his junior year, once he fully got healthy, 25 catches for about 330 yards, averaging 13 yards a catch, had one touchdown. So, you know, was productive enough in that Michigan offense. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Michigan's offenses are usually crap when it comes to their wide receivers. So I usually don't try to judge them too much on that. And then transferred from Michigan to Texas his senior year, had the one year at Texas and had 10 catches for 240 yards. So 24 yards per catch wasn't really getting a whole lot of action but in the few catches he did make, they were big ones. Had a 72-yard catch in there. Had a touchdown as well. So, you know, this guy rounded out his career with 50 catches for 745 yards. Pretty much 15 yards catch and three touchdowns. I don't expect this guy to push for the 53-man roster. But if this guy can stay healthy, he's for sure 
a practice squad guy right off the bat. You know, great size, great athleticism. You didn't get a whole lot of film on this guy due to, you know, just how many injuries he sustained so early in his collegiate career. But big play potential is right there with this guy. He's got the big play potential. You mentioned a 70-plus yard touchdown. And then also just the size. I mean, the mere size of this guy, six foot three, 215. So he's right in that, you know, Pittman, Patman range right there, yeah. you know, in terms of size. So I think that is definitely intriguing. But I think you're right, right on the dot there. Uh, the stats don't reflect it. I mean, he went undrafted for a reason. And uh, you like, you know, the speed. You like, you know, the speed for the size, I should say. And you just like the size. But, yeah, I think he's definitely just a practice squad guy. I don't think he's really going to push for anything. But like you said, like, I mean, right now when you think of, you know, Texas, you think of Michigan, you don't really think of the pro- prolific passing offenses, right? So it's yeah. like how much of that was just the the system he was in versus how much of it was his lack of production due to him. Um, I think that's something the Colts are going to have to weigh. But obviously uh, they don't have to make a big decision here anytime soon because we don't think he's going to really make a push for the final 53, man. So, all right, let's move on now. This was this is one of the the names that Colts fans are super excited about. I put out a poll and kind of just asked some some of the fans. Just said, "Hey, who is some of your favorite undrafted free agents the Colts signed?" This guy was right at the top of the list, running back from Duke, Dion Jackson. He's six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds. So this guy's a pretty big running back yeah. as well, and he's got some size. He's got some size on him. Obviously, he's got some speed on him. Derek, what do you notice from this guy? I mean. You know, six foot, 220 pounds, that is a big running back. You know, we don't see a lot of running backs that are over 210 in today's NFL, really, because, you know, I mean, or at least any of them that get a lot of time. You know, I mean, that's quite big. Uh, according to uh, Colts Wire uh, USA Today, Jackson actually received, he says he received roughly 25 different calls from teams wanting to sign him after the draft. So this guy's phone was busy, man. I mean, this guy was getting calls from nearly every team in uh, in the NFL asking if they wanted to bring him in. So I'm quite surprised that this guy went undrafted because it seemed like he was one of the first names that every team was calling when they got there. But he said, George Bremer talked about it on Twitter. He said that Jackson said he feels like he run better with the Colts system. He likes what the Colts do. And he says he likes who and how they mix their running backs around. So he really likes that opportunity. Don't expect Deion Jackson to get a lot of playing time early. But if Marlon Mack leaves at some point here soon, and if the, if the Colts decide to cut Wilkins completely, Jackson could make his way into that third pick. I'm just saying because, yeah. you know, in spent four years at Duke has a grand total of 526 rushes for almost 2,300 total yards. So this guy's averaging 550 yards per season, even with the way they're running. He's averaging 4.3 yards a carry, has 18 touchdowns in three seasons. He didn't even have a touchdown in his first season with Duke. So he had 18 touchdowns in the last three years. So averaging six a year. You know, he had long of 75 in his sophomore year, 65 as a long in his senior year. And on top of that, also had some receiving too. So this guy was multifaceted, you know, finished his career with 61 catches for 530 yards. So eight and a half yards per catch, had four touchdowns to go along with that as well. So this guy, you know, did that and also was a return man 
for their kickoff team as well. So, you know, we kind of talked about it, how we don't want, like, always want Naheem Hines and Paris Campbell back there. So sometimes you try to find these other guys who are familiar with it. Jackson was able to do that. Jackson was a team captain in 2020. So it shows you the leadership value that he has. So to put his pro day also, Cody, in retrospect here, only two running backs had a faster 40 time than what this guy did. So even at 220 pounds, hmm. this guy ran a 4-4 at, wow. at his pro day. Ran a 4-4. So only two running backs ran faster than this guy. And at that weight. So, I mean, there's a lot to like here about Deion Jackson. Bro, it almost gives me Jonathan Taylor vibes in the way, the size and the speed, that combination. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor's second-round pick, and he's undrafted, you know, that obviously. But, you know, from a physical standpoint, it seems like there's a lot of things you like that are very similar in running style and just similar attributes to Jonathan Taylor, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think, honestly, this year, I could see him potentially pushing for that number four. If the Colts do keep four running backs, which is a big if, I could see him potentially challenging and pushing Jordan Wilkins off the roster. I think that's probably the ceiling. I could also just see him being a practice squad guy and the Colts electing to either keep Jordan Wilkins or only keep three running backs. But I think regardless, I think he's a guy for, you know, talking about like Dio Adangbo for next year. That's what a lot of people think. I think this is a pick maybe for next year and the years to come, right? This is a guy that potentially, like you said, could be your third running back in a year from now. I mean, honestly, he could be. He's got all the things, all the traits that you like here. And, you know, obviously with the – he was a very hot commodity, like you mentioned. So, overall, I think he's a very solid prospect here. Probably one of the better ones that you can get an undrafted free agency. So, I think it was interesting that he's willing to really kind of – with how stacked the Colts running back room is, he still wanted to come here, which I think is really cool. And that's really awesome that the Colts were able to get one of those guys like that at a position that people would say is in a position of need. But – Come next year, we could be saying it really is a position of need. So right. it'd be interesting to see what happens there. All right, let's move on now to linebacker from Liberty, Anthony Butler, six foot one, two hundred and twenty-two pounds. This was another favorite of a lot of people. What do you notice from him, and uh, kind of what is your overall thoughts on a guy like Anthony Butler? Yeah, I mean, we were kind of you and I were kind of teasing a lot of Colts Nation about the possibility of the Colts selecting a linebacker early in the draft. Uh, <laughs> Hence, if, you know, there was somebody there that Balor would say, oh, yeah, that guy's going to take our defense over the top. Right. But actually signed two of them in the undrafted period, which we'll talk about the other one here soon. But in regards to Butler, you know, still semi-smaller than what your normal linebacker would be, but not too small. I mean, you know, he's about as – he's a little bit bigger than Darius Leonard, but not by a whole lot. Butler transferred – actually is a five-year starter, transferred to Liberty from Charlotte. And, you know, from Charlotte specifically, he ended up having 67 total tackles with two interceptions, four pass breakups, and four tackles for loss for that collegiate season. I mean, you know, this guy is a tackling machine, uh, had 146 tackles at Charlotte, and and 10.5 tackles for a loss, three and a half sacks, four pass breakups, I mean, you look at some of the interceptions. I mean, he had two interceptions his final year with Liberty, had a sack, four pass deflections. I mean, it really seemed like he really put it together in that last year. You know, he was doing some stuff at uh, Charlotte from before, but never really tapped into much. But then when he got to Liberty, 
really started showing a lot more of the big play potential. You know, amongst the two linebackers that we got, this guy showed a little less of the big play potential. But overall, I think it's good production. He's got good speed. He's got good intangibles. I think this is a guy that is really starting to pick up his pass coverage over this last year. And I think the Colts are really looking for something like that. You know, it'd be a good practice squad guy to try and cover up for the backup quarterbacks when they're looking to play there. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, let's move on to actually Michael Pittman's teammate from USC. Yes. Tyler Vaughn, six foot two, 185 pounds. So he's got decent size. He's not like super heavy for a wide receiver. Yeah. What are your overall thoughts on a guy like Tyler Vaughn's? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, you said it, Michael Pittman's teammate. I mean, this guy knows a lot about Michael Pittman, and I'm sure he enjoys the fact that he's going to be on the team with Pittman, and I know that uh, that's definitely good for an undrafted free agent. You know, like you said, only 185 pounds. I mean, this guy doesn't have a whole lot of weight to him. He's got decent length, but, you know, 185 pounds, not a whole lot. But he was a Vaughn's was a three-time honorable mention all pack 12 after being named a second team all pack 12 player in 2020. So, you know, this guy's got accolades, you know, he's been consistent throughout the majority of, you know, his uh, career at USC. This guy was also a punt returner for USC. So we kind of been thinking about that Had 31 punts for 270 yards. So averaging over eight and a half yards per return with one touchdown for the Trojans you know, he didn't have a whole lot of chances early in his career to do that. But, I mean, overall, I mean, this guy has had a overall very well productive career specifically. I think he had a couple injuries this last year, which really hurt him, kind of cut his uh, season a little short there with that. But overall, 220 catches over his career, over 2,800 yards nearly averaging 13 yards per catch, had 20 touchdowns in four seasons mm. with USC. So overall, very productive numbers there, even for somebody that, you know, you lack the size when it comes to the weight. But, I mean, this guy's got great ball skills. He's actually one of my favorites for the Col- to potentially make the Colts roster first amongst these undrafted free agents. I really like his play. His junior year nearly cracked a thousand yards. I mean, th- this guy is just a phenomenal player. Mm. So you do think he could potentially make a push for that final fifty-three man? Yeah, I, I honestly believe he could. Honestly Let's see. Could. Like, I'm trying to think like the wide receivers that he would have to beat out in order to do that, right? Because obviously you got Ty Hilton, you got Pittman, you got Pascal, you got Campbell. That's four. You have to and work against a Michael Harris. There's going to be a battle for number five, I think. I think there's going to be yeah, a big battle. Battle for five and six. I mean, ultimately, that's yeah. what it is. Depending if they keep six, you know? Right. But yeah, I think the Michael Harris will be one. Pat Obviously, Man. Ashton Doolin, Patman, Strawn. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that are going to be battling for that number five and number six position. And yeah. I think it's just great to add more competition here with him. And then the final guy here, another linebacker you mentioned from BYU, Isaiah Kalfusi. I think I yeah. pronounced that wrong. I think that's how I think that's how you, <laughs> I think that's how it okay. is. I, I'm sure the comment section will let us know, but I think yeah, I mean, good there. I swear, man, Ballard picks the players that he's like, all right, we're gonna see if Cody and Derek can pronounce <laughs> these. And uh majority of the time I'm wrong. So uh but anyway, six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds. What are your thoughts on him and potentially his spot on the Colts maybe this year? 
I looked at his stats overall, and you know, I, I mean, it, it makes sense that Ballard would go for somebody like this because when you look at this last year for him, I mean, it screams, it almost screams Darius Leonard to me, which mm. is kind of funny to think about. Just some random facts here about Isaiah. Isaiah is one of 17 members of his extended family to play football at BYU. Wow. 17 members of his family have gone to play football at BYU. So (laughs) rich history at this school with with that family. So makes a lot of sense. Finished his career as a team captain last year. So again, another captain-related guy, somebody that, you know, Ballard looks to try to get out of these kinds of players. You know, first three years – he really had to scrape by to get a lot of opportunities to really play. Honestly, you know, did okay. Uh, his junior year didn't have a whole lot of production his sophomore year, despite the fact that he finished the season with 50 tackles and two interceptions and a sack and a forced fumble this last year, though, it really shows you a lot. 83 total tackles, four sacks, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, one interception and that was returned for a touchdown. So this guy, you know, has that playmaking ability. I was telling you, uh, Anthony Butler seems more like the tackler. This guy seems like the guy that really takes advantage of making a play. I mean, I just showed you four sacks, you know, six overall turnovers that this guy got last year. I mean, really, it speaks a lot of volumes to this guy and he really did start getting better every year. And that overall production of making a big play really started coming out this last year. So I don't anticipate him to make the roster right now, but again, the the big play potential is there already. I really like what I see in Isaiah Kafusi right here. I really think that this guy could at some point, if we don't know where we want to go with the linebacker room, this guy with the potential to make big plays like he does, I think this one could slip. I honestly think he could make it in at some point soon. Mm. I mean, we just don't know a whole lot about the linebacker group beyond the, the two starters. I mean, honestly, we like some of these guys, but like we don't know a ton about some of these guys. So I would not be shocked if one of these linebackers made the active 53 man just because there's some back guys that you like, like I mentioned, but a lot of unproven guys. They're at that back end of the roster for a linebacker. And the Colts kept, what, seven linebackers last year? I don't know if they're yeah. going to do that again. But, you know, that just goes to show that they really like their linebackers quite a bit. And maybe one of these guys, or both of these guys, depending on how training camp goes for them, could find their way and earn their way onto the 53-man roster. I mean, the talent's certainly there for both those guys as well. But I think that'll do it, Derek, for our look at the Colts' undrafted free agents so far I personally like a lot of these guys. I think a lot of these guys have a really legitimate shot. I mean, there's no Rodrigo Blankenship like there was last year, you know, kind of the highlight of it. But I think there's a lot of solid guys here that could potentially make a push for the final 53-man roster. Derek, I didn't do this. I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but I kind of want you to rank your top three guys here that you think are who are your favorites and you think potentially have the best shot at making the Colts roster. Deion Jackson. For sure. That's my number one. Uh, I love this guy. I really, really like him. I think there's a lot of big play potential with this guy. I really think that the Colts are going to try their best to potentially get him into the 53-man roster if he keeps expanding his role. Next one. uh, Probably... 
probably Vaughn's. Mm-hmm. Vaughn's is another one that I really, I really like coming out of USC. I think there's just a lot of potential for this guy, especially since he's got a friend in Michael Pittman that'll help him uh, show him the ropes as well. And then Isaiah, Isaiah Kafusi, I think is going to be the next one that I really like is just, again, just the amount of turnovers this guy can create and take advantage of. I think that really speaks a lot of volumes to what Ballard and Reich really want to see on their defense. Yeah. An interesting note here. There was no corners. There's no tackles that, that the Colts have picked up yet on undrafted free agents. So that is very interesting to me because we yeah. thought maybe those were some positions of need as well. So that'll do a far look at the five undrafted free agents that the Colts have signed up to this point. Obviously, if there's more guys, we'll talk about them as it comes along. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you like some of these players? Who's your favorite player? Who's your least favorite player? Let us know in the comments below. But for Derek and myself, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in as always. Getting closer to 7K. Can't believe we're almost there. And you guys are the reason why. We're very thankful. Thank you guys so much as always. And as always, go Colts. Wow.